Alright, as we've been doing for this whole sermon series, we are going to start with a video uh, this morning, and then we'll talk about it afterwards. So, here we go. to feel uncomfortable. Oh, reading. So, how was your weekend? It was good. What did you do? We don't want them to think we're too pushy. I'll just hang out with friends. We don't want them to feel guilty. No, I better not. I've got some errands to run, but thanks anyway. Great to see you. What are you doing here? I feel uncomfortable. Why? Just came here to read my Bible. How are you? So, how was your weekend? It was good. What did you do? I do not want to be embarrassed. Oh, I went to church, and then I hung out with friends from my Sunday school class. Hey, a bunch of us are going out tonight. Do you want to come with us? I don't want them to think I'm a loser. I'd love to. It just depends on what you're going to be doing. Have you ever felt like that woman? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, you've been in a situation where afterwards you look back and think to yourself, I blew it! It was a perfect opportunity to tell someone about my faith, and I blew it. If you felt that way, don't worry, so have I. Uh, I felt that way quite a bit as a pastor. You look back on situations and you think, man, that would have been a perfect opportunity. How come I just didn't turn that conversation around and bring up Jesus? Maybe you saw this video and you were a little convicted. You thought to yourself, I would have never looked at those situations and thought of turning the conversation the way that it went. Maybe you looked at it, maybe you saw this video and you said, Nope, that will never be me. I'm never going to do that. Pastor, the sermon's already starting off on a bad note because you've lost me. This isn't going to relate to me. The last three weeks, we have looked at who God is. We looked at how He's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, and if you've missed any of those, go back. I, I encourage you to go back onto our website or on our podcast and listen to them uh, to, to just get this picture of who God is. Today, we are going to look at the Confessor, and that is you and me. And every Christian, for that matter. Now, what do you think about when you hear the word confess? You probably think of... Uh, Maybe a police officer or a detective trying to get a confession out of somebody. Maybe, a lot of you are parents here, maybe you're thinking of uh, that time when uh, your perfect child did something wrong and uh, you, you call them into the room and you say, tell me what you did. You want them to confess to you what they did. And because they're such good children, they admit right away what they did, right? That's normally how it goes. <laughs> yeah, do I even know? Yeah. But that is not how we're using this word today. 
We're using the word confess as declaring or proclaiming who God is. And what we're going to see today is that it's not just important for people out there that we confess, but it's important for us as well. And we're going to look at why this is so important, living in the 21st century. And here is one aspect why. It's not one of your points, uh, so, but maybe you want to write it down on your worship folder anyways. Here it is. Everyone spends eternity somewhere. Everyone spends eternity somewhere, either in heaven or in hell. And so, uh, your first point this morning as to why it's, ne- uh, why it's so important is because it is necessary. It is necessary to proclaim who God is and to confess. Today we are going to look at Romans chapter 10. Romans was originally a letter written by the Apostle Paul uh, around 57 or 58 A.D. Paul had, Paul had never been to Rome. Uh, He ends up getting there, but when he wrote this letter, he hadn't been there yet. Uh, But the Christian message of Jesus had got over to Rome, and a Christian church was formed. Uh, And Paul is writing to them for two reasons. One, there were some errors that came up in church. And really, it, it was about how they were living their Christian lives, or the lack thereof. The other was to encourage them in the gospel message of Jesus. And so in chapter 10, Paul tells us why it's so important to confess who God is. And we start with verse 9. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Right here, Paul tells us why it's so important. If you declare... Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised from the dead, dead, you will be saved. Notice what Paul does. He says he's taking away the lip service, right? You can't just declare it. You've got to believe it. You've got to believe it in your heart that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, and you will be saved. You will spend eternity with Jesus. How so? Well, Jesus, God's own Son, came into the world born as a human being, born as a man, to live under God's law. The same law that you and I are under. The the same law that you and I can't keep. Jesus lived under it. And He lived perfectly. He earned holiness, righteousness, perfection. He earned all of that. And then He willingly went to the cross where He paid for each and every one of our sins. And three days later, God rose Him from the dead. Wow, we hear that every week, don't we? And yet, what does that mean? How about an illustration? There's a story of uh, a four-year-old girl named Ellen and uh, her seven-year-old brother named Jimmy. Ellen came down with a a, a rare blood disease. uh, So rare that... Doctors had no cure for it. She was in the hospital and and they said, we we don't know what to do. Uh, The only way she could be cured is if somebody else uh, who went through it and fought it on their own and and came up with their own natural immune to it and then have a blood transfusion into Ellen. 
Well, it turned out Jimmy had done just that a few years ago. Uh, Jimmy had that same blood disease, and he fought it. And so Jimmy, or uh, the doctor, and Jimmy's parents came up to Jimmy and said, Jimmy, would, would you be willing to give your blood to your sister so that she can live? And at first, Jimmy's face was shocked, and his bottom lip began to quiver. But he said, yes, I, I will give my blood to my sister. And so they got him on a cot, they got Ellen on a cot, they hooked him up, the blood transfusion began to take place. And as the blood was entering Ellen, you could see her light up. She was looking frail and deadly, and as Jimmy's blood was entering her, she began to look more alive, color became uh, evident in her face, and she was beginning to live. Jimmy smiled, but then looked at the doctors and said, Doctor, when am I going to die? You see, Jimmy, when, when they asked him to give his blood, he thought he was giving it all to Ellen. And so he was willing to die to save his sister. He was willing to give her all of his blood if it meant she would live. That's what Jesus did for you. You see, Jesus knew he was going to die, though. And he did give all of his blood for you. Jesus fought all of the temptations. He fought every sin. And now he shed his blood so that you might be saved and live. And when you believe that in your heart, you will be saved. Why is this important for you? Because there are days when we question whether or not we're going to be saved, isn't there? There are days when we question, if I were to die right now, am I going to get into heaven? And when you question that, ask yourself, do I believe that Jesus is my Savior? And if you say yes, you will be saved. That's what God's promise is to you right here. And yet He makes another promise to you in verse 10. Here's what Paul says. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. That word justified, big theological word, uh, very important. It means declared not guilty. That doesn't mean you didn't commit a crime. That doesn't mean that I didn't commit a crime. In fact, we commit crimes against God every single day, every single minute. But God looks at you and He says, declared not guilty. You are innocent in God's sight. Why? Because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. You are declared innocent. And we know this. Like I said, we hear it every week, don't we? We hear that Jesus lived, died, and rose again for me. And yet it is so hard to apply it when things get tough. I know this woman who I I talk with a a lot. And every time we talk, she's talking about how, how great God's grace is, how it's only by God's grace we're saved. She talks about how we can't add anything. It's not by works we're saved, but God's grace alone uh, that she is saved and forgiven. And every time I applaud her, yes, you are right. You are right. This woman then uh, fell into a string of bad health problems. Health problem after health problem after health problem. And she looked at me and said, Pastor, am I being punished for my sins? And you know what I said? No! No! Because look at you are justified, declared not guilty. God has declared you innocent. Why would He punish 
an innocent person. Someone that He has declared innocent. And that's what you are when faith has been worked in your heart and you believe that Jesus is your Savior. Why? Because He declared Jesus guilty in your place for each and every one of your sins. You are forgiven, declared not guilty. And it's with our mouth that we profess this faith in Jesus and are saved. Paul makes another promise in verse 11. As Scripture says, anyone who believes in Him will never be put to shame. I don't know if you've noticed this, but there are places in this country and places throughout the world where it's not the popular thing to be a Christian. Uh, And people try to shame you for your faith. They try to make you feel bad about it and make you feel less intelligent. And Paul says, when you believe in Jesus, you will never be put to shame. How can he say that? (laughs) We just talked about how people are put to shame all over the world. He's talking about when we die or when Jesus calls us to heaven uh, and we get to the gates of heaven, we are never going to be put to shame and the door is never going to be slammed on us. That door is going to be open as Jesus says, Welcome to my kingdom. Your kingdom prepared for you. We will never be put to shame. And finally, for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. When God looks down from heaven, He doesn't see He doesn't see people living in the suburbs. He doesn't see people with nice cars, a high education. He doesn't see homeless people. He doesn't see race, gender. He doesn't see any of that. You know what he looks down and sees? Sinners. That's what he sees. He sees people who didn't live up to his laws and commands. But he also sees people that Jesus died for people that Jesus lived perfectly for, people that Jesus rose from the dead for. And he also sees his children. And when faith is worked in your heart, faith in Jesus as your Savior, you will call on the name of the Lord and will be saved. That's true for you, and it's true for everyone in the entire world. But the opposite is true too, isn't it? Everyone who doesn't call on the name of the Lord, they won't be saved. And so that leads us to our second point. Why is confessing who God is important? Because it is needed. Paul continues in Romans. How then... Can they call on the one they have not believed in? If this is what needs to happen, if you need to believe in Jesus as your Savior to be saved, how can they do that? How can they call on Him if they don't believe in Him? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news! But not all the Israelites accepted the good news. 
For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Paul says, if it is needed that faith is in your heart and you confess it with your mouth, if that's what's needed to be saved, how can people do that if they don't hear? How can they hear if someone doesn't tell them? And how can they tell them if they aren't sent? Who are the ones that are sent? You, me, and every Christian to go and tell people about Jesus. And here's the good news. We talked about it a few weeks ago, uh, but, and, and we see it here again. Faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Faith doesn't come because you have some well-crafted or uh, good argument for believing in Jesus. No. Faith comes when we just tell them about Jesus. Do you know why? Because the Holy Spirit is working behind the scenes. He is doing the hard work. He's the one that's creating faith. And when the Word is preached, the Holy Spirit goes to work on selfish and stony hearts, just like He went to work on our hearts and continues to work on our hearts. And He works faith in our heart to believe that Jesus is our Savior. The Holy Spirit does that. We just get to to tell people the good news. And look what Paul says about these people. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Paul uh, is quoting from the Old Testament uh, prophet Nahum. How many of you have heard of Nahum? Yeah, not too many of you. Nahum is an Old Testament prophet uh, towards the end of the Old Testament. Nahum was prophesying in the mid-600 B.C.s, and uh, God came to him and said, Nahum, tell my people this. I am going to destroy the Babylonians and the Assyrians. Now, the Babylonians and Assyrians, uh, you may remember them, they were ruthless people. They came and they tortured the Israelites and every other country around them. Took them over, tortured them, ruthless. And God says, I'm going to destroy them. I am going to destroy them. Imagine being an Israelite. Imagine being someone who heard that message and going and saying, God's going to destroy Babylon and Israel and uh, Assyria. This is good news. You, you wouldn't be able to keep it to yourself. You'd want everyone to know. We love telling good news, don't we? We love telling it. You love coming home and, and telling your family and friends that you got a promotion. You love making birth announcements and, and pregnancy announcements, engagements announce, announcements, wedding announcements. But guess what? None of those announcements have any lasting impact on anybody. None of those announcements have any eternal impact on anyone. Everyone spends eternity somewhere, either in heaven or in hell. And we have the exciting message that Jesus saved us from our sins. He died and rose again, and it's because of Him that we will be in heaven. We have that exciting message, and yet we keep it to ourselves. The only message that we have to to impact people eternally, we don't want to tell. We don't. We don't want to tell it. 
And maybe you're sitting there thinking to yourself, it's not really my business. It's not my job. But let's turn over to 1 Peter chapter 2. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. How you doing, sweetie? <laughs> Peter says, you are a chosen people. When Peter says you, when Peter says you, that's not a singular. In the Greek, it is plural. So if you want to put that in southern language, he's saying, all y'all, all y'all are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Why? That you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. God has called you to be His own to spread this message. But what if you don't know the Bible all that well? What if you don't know what to say? What if they ask you a question and you don't know the answer to it? What then? Well, let me, ask, let me put it this way. If you were in a dark room and it was completely pitch black, would you not light your candle because it didn't shine as brightly as a lantern? Absolutely not. You would still light that candle because it gives light in darkness, right? God has called you to be His own. And He says, light, shine your light into the darkness. All of you can tell someone Jesus loves them. All of you can say Jesus loves you. And this is so important, especially in the the day and age we live in, because all of you, all of you know somebody who deals with guilt every single day. All All of us know people who wake up with the weight of guilt weighing on their shoulders. All of you know somebody who Uh, is trying to change their life with a quick fix. All of you know somebody who who is coping with their problems with drug and alcohol, drugs and alcohol. All of you know somebody uh, who, as of right now, isn't going to spend eternity with their Savior. God has blessed you. He has blessed you beyond belief. He's blessed you to know that you have a Father in heaven who loves you and cares for you. He has blessed you to know and believe in Jesus as your Savior. And that because of your faith in Jesus, through your faith in Him, you have been declared innocent in God's sight. All of you are blessed to know that you have the Holy Spirit who continues to strengthen your faith and has worked faith in your heart. Give this blessing to somebody this week. And may God the Father who created you, God the Son who redeemed you, and God the Holy Spirit who worked faith in your heart, strengthen you and give you the words to say this week. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for creating us, saving us, and working faith in our hearts. We ask you this week to give us the opportunities and the words to speak to people and tell them how much Jesus loves them. 
Amen.